Big Five Global on Dubai Eye 103.8. Hello there and welcome to this, your seventh episode of the Big Five Global podcast. Now, I'm Georgia Tolley and over the next 20 minutes, we're going to be continuing our chat about all things construction as we count down to the Big Five Global, which is taking place from December the 4th until December the 7th right here in Dubai. Now, if you missed last week's episode, we had a fascinating discussion about project delivery and what needs to be done to streamline that process. But this week, with COP28 getting underway right here in Dubai, as you can imagine, we're going to turn our focus to sustainability and what the construction sector needs to do in order to go green, especially when it comes to attracting the next generation of eco-friendly builders and designers. Now, I was lucky enough to speak to two brilliant guests over Zoom about this, namely Alison Watson, who is Chief Executive and founder of Class of Your Own, and Sana Hafsner, who is a Sustainability Coordinator at AESG. Now, I started with Alison and I asked her to explain what is the aim of Class of Your Own? class of your own has been established since 2009. I was a land surveyor. I was working on school building projects and noticed very, very quickly that lots of children didn't know about the professions in construction and construction just seemed to be this career or this industry that was really last choice, last resort. If you, and particularly if you were less academic. I determined to change that. I think all children can be academic, all children can be aspirational, but we just need to start earlier. I kind of determined that I'd write a full curriculum for school all the way through from 11 to 18, which shows children the the marvel that is the industry and the buildings around them and how they can connect with them and hopefully improve their maths and their STEM subjects overall, really, through doing a very focused built environment and a digital built environment project at LAT all the way through school. That is really interesting because in this podcast series, we have really heard about the problem that the construction industry is facing in attracting talented young people into the industry because it's just not seen as very glamorous, frankly, and it's particularly difficult to attract young women. So I can see exactly why you started your program and I can can see exactly the need for it. Sana, tell me how you got involved with Alison. We actually met, as I mentioned, a, a while ago in university um, when we worked on a project called the Slur Decathlon, where we constructed as over 100 university students um, kind of pulled ourselves together in a student-led team, and we both designed and constructed a solar home here in Dubai. And essentially, um, a large part of this project was partnering with organizations, not just to develop the house, but to develop the story behind the house. A very large part of this project was also trying to market more on the role of having real live build projects helping with education of students in universities, but beyond that, taking it further with even children in school. So one of the things that we did was a design our house competition with the with the school children. And that competition really kind of demonstrated to me as well how much potential that school children have that I think we tend to really underestimate, especially these days, you find that because of the awareness surrounding a lot of social issues that we're having, students are really ready to go, honestly, to to take action, to make things happen. And I think 
I've just really started understanding more and more that we need to provide the tools for that to happen as much as possible. So since then, going forward within my role at work as well, I'm really trying to just do as much as I can, I suppose, volunteering wise and just trying to use any kind of platform that I have to increase awareness about the job role that I am in right now and beyond that, what the construction industry can actually entail. So Alison, for you, has your curriculum always had sustainability as one of its pillars or has that evolved over the last few years? No, it's always been there. Um, if, even if you look at to the mid sort of 2000s, the UK government released a mandate around sustainable schools. No teachers really, really picked it up. I think it was a very, very difficult subject to juggle. I mean, where does it fit? Is it citizenship? Is it STEM? Is it geography? Is it English? So unfortunately, it, uh, I think a lot of it in the mid-2000s kind of fell on deaf ears. But for me, when you're trying to bring in sustainable schools and teach the principles of sustainability, whether that be energy, waste, water, traffic, health and well-being and so on, and then you're also tr- trying to raise the profile of the construction industry, you realise that the construction industry actually is responsible for all that. If we're talking about energy, that is the built environment. If we're talking about waste, we are the most wasteful industry and we need to do better. So I basically took the two concepts and just combined them together anyway. And I think, you know, when you think about school curriculum, when you're thinking about, you know, are our buildings energy efficient enough? That is actually physics. When we're doing measurements and calculations, you know, you've got mass. There's an awfully big overlap anyway with subject matter. So it's just a case of bringing them all into one subject so that teachers could also see, you know, where the application of their subjects fell within something that was living and breathing around them. The other pillar sounds like, this sort of very hands-on sort of practical style of teaching and, and learning. Sana, did that, did the fact that you were making a solar house make the sort of project more attractive to you? You know, is there a, is there a way of teaching that, that you think makes the, the subject more appealing to students? Absolutely. I think what we did for a long time university was, of course, study so many design principles of exactly what Alison talked about, of what is the relation with energy consumption? What's the relation with materiality? I think the really important driving factor is giving youth and giving people in general a purpose behind what they are doing. So, of course, during this competition, the purpose was that this is our design that we are going to physically be making and it's going to actually end up being developed into something real and having that as a purpose driving all the decisions that we're making for this project makes a really big difference and taking that lesson forward when we look at attracting youth to this industry that passion and really as Allison said creating that awareness actually understanding by the way sustainability careers and people wanting to make a difference in terms of climate change in terms of addressing energy resources, addressing the scarcity of resources, water scarcity, etc. Almost all of it is something that you can so easily target with everything construction industry. And it's really just the, the awareness behind that. I mean, concrete, just concrete itself is 8% of global carbon dioxide emissions, which is quite a large number considering, you know, we talk a lot about 40% of emissions are the built environment, but solely concrete, that's 8% of everything. And I think beyond just sustainability of, like Alison mentioned, the materiality, energy consumption, et cetera, I think maybe even people who might not think, oh, that sounds a bit too technical, you know, maybe we don't want to go down that route. There's even this really large aspect of 
well-being. We are in spaces, in indoor spaces, basically 90% of our time on this earth. Defining those spaces and being able to influence what they are, what kinds of behaviors they're going to facilitate is inherently impacting our health, our well-being, and the way that we go about our lives. So it really is this case of there's something for everyone, no matter which social thing you are most passionate about. And I think, yeah, it's just coming back to that awareness, really, that we want to we want to get to, from the schools, explain to people and get to students and let them know, hey, by the way, all those things you really care about, it's there over here. In universities, the same thing. And again, just going forward, really, really push that narrative of what AEC careers can have. It's clear that the industry needs a lot of blue sky thinking. It needs these young innovators to come into the sector and modernize it, to revolutionize it in many ways. Alison, how do you go into schools? How do you introduce this curriculum? I mean, I've got a, a nine-year-old and a 10-year-old, and I haven't heard of them doing anything like this at, at school yet. You probably won't, Georgia. Um, I always say that, you know, design something that you love. So, for example, I mean, you know, if we think about Dubai itself as being a luxury brand in its own right, and then all the luxury that goes on around Dubai I kind of start with fashion you know if, if, if you're um, a young person who's really really interested in fashion you could design the next Nicole Fari shop or the Louis Vuitton big center in the mall I mean the Versace hotel you know it's 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 an amazing hotel I'd love to question or I'd love children to question how sustainable actually is that hotel with you know your sort of thousand pound a night rooms and so on similarly with the sports you know if you're into sport, you could design swimming pools, you can design, you know, sports arenas, you can design a running track, because again, that's infrastructure, you need there's certain things around the levels and the curves, the bends, the speed that you'll run around the bend. So no matter what children enjoy in their kind of hobbies, we say, well, design it. So when we go into schools, we start off with these very, very small projects. They tend to be probably, you know, a lunchtime club or an after school club. And we have everything from um, designing restaurants. I mean, the Uptown International School, which is at the moment our centre of excellence, been designing a restaurant for Jamie Oliver. There's a brand, but everybody goes to a restaurant. But think about heating and cooling, for example. So it's great that we're working with the team there for children to really, really dig down into, you know, what is restaurant design? Where do I want to go and eat my pizza? and pasta and what kind of environment do I want to sit in you know what's the atmosphere going to be like and how can we make sure that's as carbon friendly as possible we always get schools partnered with industry so I have to give a big up to Turner Townsend here the the first organization in the UAE and indeed in the Middle East to adopt a school and we have industry adopting schools so they can create a long-term legacy build a pipeline of talent so we start with them at 11 years old but by the time they're 14 and then influencing 16 and 18 you're starting to shape your own talent pipeline so from a recruitment point of view when we think about uh, aging workforce the difficulty with retention never mind attraction and so on you're actually building your work workforce locally so then, you know, if you think about all the children that are born in Dubai, uh, we have a primary school curriculum as well coming out very, very soon with our friends at Shaping Learning. You'll be able to start your sort of construction career. And I mean that very, very, um, in a small way. We're not expecting that all children will go into construction, but the skills and the knowledge and, and the behaviours that you learn and the attitude that changes as you 
you know, develop through childhood and into your teenage years and so on. I want to put construction right at the top choice of careers alongside medicine and finance and so on. And we can only do that by influence. So, you know, bringing Sana into the room, who's only a little bit older than some of the children in secondary school, who's got this incredible career with ASG already. She's had this track record, this amazing story to tell. She's really, really inspirational. And I know there are more Sanas around. Sana happens to be my favorite. She's my bestie, (laughs) but Sana's (laughs) extraordinary. And what I want to say is you can be this extraordinary too. Everybody has that capacity and capability to be a Sana. So it's almost hashtag Sana, be more Sana. (laughs) Be more Sana. I appreciate your words with that one. (laughs) But um, you, you really, really touched on this point that's so important about these stereotypes that are that exist, right? There are stereotypes about what are the genders that tend to go into construction, with the age of people, the safety, what is the career potential? And like you said, there's so many people out there that are now defeating these stereotypes, but they're just they just don't seem to be showcased, which is which is really sad to think about because Every time I speak to you, you tell me these amazing stories of people that you've seen. And I hear stories from my own peers over here. And it's just no one hears about this unless it's, you know, kind of word of mouth, people talking to each other. Oh, did you know that this person is going there? And did you know that over here we have someone who's been growing their career in just these few years? They've been able to work on this incredible project. And that kind of really feeds into something that I wanted to talk about, which is what we have available to us in terms of marketing, especially in this age of social media, right? Social media, these school collaborations, the influence that's that's existing in the digital world is a really large thing that I would really love more of us to be able to utilize. So like Alison mentioned, you know, we kind of, right at the start, of course, when children are really young, well, we can argue whether or not they're on social media, but at the early age, probably not so much. And the way to really do it is with this, direct influence, right? With people going into the schools, the teachers trained up to talk about the impact of construction, to talk about sustainability. But once that kind of spark is peaked inside a child, right? We take it forward with social media. What do what do people actually see? What is the content that's around them? And I really find that in comparison to other industries, I do not see as much content around the excitement of construction. Obviously, we go on social media, we see things about marketing, about beauty, about fashion. And the reason is just that those industries are so inherently about showing what the industry is. Whereas the construction industry, yes, you see a building, but without someone actually going out of their way to explain the work that goes behind it, how the decisions are made, what are design decisions that are made, what is the kind of collaboration that goes into it, really never find out the kind of impact that can come out of it and so one of my goals is to really kind of encourage as much as possible that these role models that exist which are really so many of them just to really push not just them as individuals but the companies the the educational institutes to just show as much as possible what what we have out there what is available what is for example the relation between if you have a home and you're trying to renovate it, if you add a coating onto the glass, how that can directly impact your reduction in energy bills and save you money. What is the impact of something that I've seen trending quite a bit nowadays is um, the change of lighting, the space, how a lot of people want these downward lighting, warm lighting. And I wish there could be more narratives shared about why that actually makes people feel better. 
because there are so many links to your circadian rhythm, to the way that light affects your sleep cycles. That is the reason why we say, oh, that lighting design makes me feel good. But actually being able to understand why does that make me feel good? Why is it that lighting design in particular? I really, really hope that's something that we can grow as much as possible because it really just has so many impacts beyond just attracting youth and getting everyone in and making them understand, wow, this is amazing. This is something I can I can make a difference in. It even goes to to our own competition, supposedly, right? I say that with uh, with air quotes. But the whole point of what we're doing with these larger goals tied to sustainability is, yes, of course, you know, each of us are designing our building. I'm consulting and providing advice for a certain design team. But beyond that, we really are working all together on this larger goal. And end of the day, we want to share lessons with each other and we want to share what was your approach for this specific type of hospitality resort in this area? How did you address reducing water? Because obviously in hospitality, water reduction is a large issue. There's just so much potential. Sorry to go on about it, but I just really wish we can, going forward, grow that as much as possible. Alison, what would you like to see? I mean, I imagine you'd like your syllabus to be available to, to more people. Yeah, well, it is available, that's for sure. But but I, I'd like uh, I'd like to go one step further. I think it it's back to mandate. Children need to know the relevance of the subjects, and you know you've still got sort of sixteen and eighteen year olds coming out of school with done all that. I chose my maths, my physics, or my geography, or my English, or my history, or my languages, but still not really sure what to do with them. So careers advice obviously needs to improve. But I think we can go one further when you think about. Over here in the UK, all the public sector projects have to have an embedded social value, a social impact, a giving back to the community. I would love to see um, this around the world, not just in Dubai. I mean, we're here in the year of COP28. This is a time when governments make decisions about uh, about so many things, and particularly education. I know in COP26 in Glasgow, the UK government thought about education and maybe releasing new curriculum aimed at connecting children back to the natural environment um, and natural history. It's still not happened. It's still, you know, we're still waiting for the emergence of this uh, great new curriculum. So for me, uh, I would ask, be asking His Highness, Dubai's leader, to, to start to mandate um, that young people and teachers particularly are involved in the major projects. And wouldn't it be wonderful, actually, if you know, the Versace Hotel and if Louis Vuitton actually did actually say when, when I'm designing my new hotel, when I'm designing my new store, we want young people involved in making sure that we are as environmentally friendly as possible. It was interesting. I, I had a meeting with a very senior uh, figure at KHDA just last year and he told me, Alison, you have to reach young people before they're 14 because otherwise all they care about is their Louis Vuitton handbag. I thought, how 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 sorry, how sad is that? But I think it's probably true. But as Anna says again, you know, the more we're in the media and, and you know, interviews like this are so helpful. And and I will be recruiting your children, Georgia, so um, be, be warned that it is available. Uh, I would awesome. love to see your children be new ambassadors. But but I think we really need to get out there. And the more that we can champion the construction sector and champion that it is 
you know, top of the pile for careers, not bottom, not last resort, it's first choice. Then the more we'll see schools understand how they can actually funnel their children through into the most extraordinary and critical career pathways. And that was the voice of Alison Watson, Chief Executive and Founder of Class of Your Own. You also heard Sana Hafsa, who is a Sustainability Coordinator at AESG. And that brings us to a close of this, our seventh edition of the Big Five Global Podcast. Just one more to go in this series. Please do make sure you subscribe and listen back to all of our previous episodes. Our next one will be out soon. To register for Big Five Global at the World Trade Center from the 4th to the 7th of December, head to bigfiveglobal.com.